Hi, this is Jean-Jacques Taylor, and you're listening to Jot Talk. This is a podcast where I talk about the Cowboys, the team I've covered as a beat writer, columnist, TV insider, and radio host for 28 years. I'll also talk about the NFL and the things I love, working out, streaming, food, and all things Dallas. My boy, Big Joe and the Big Rig, one of my oldest friends, produces the show and occasionally chimes in with his thoughts on the Cowboys. After all, he's a lifelong Cowboys fan, and he played high school, college, and semi-pro football. Welcome to Jock Talk, where sports is fluid. What's true today might not be true an hour, a day, or a month from now. I'm going to give you the truth straight. No chaser. Glad to have you aboard. Let's get it. Welcome to episode 28, my friends. I hope you are prepared to be entertained and dazzled for the next hour or so as me and Big Joe and the Big Red get you caught up on what's going on with your Dallas Cowboys and a few other things in the Dallas sports scene. What's going on, Doc? It's all good. What's up? What's up? Man, it's another glorious day in Dallas-Fort Worth. It's Chamber of Commerce Day, a day worthy of having a top-down, if you got a convertible, which I do. It's my midlife crisis thing. Uh, I love to feel the air blowing through my hair, or what used to be my hair. Um, I do want to tell you uh, that my book, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders and the Making of Men, is available wherever you get books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Uh, it's an inside look at his last year at Jackson State in their quest for perfection. Uh, and if you check uh, Two Guys Talking Yang, it's, an, it's a podcast with Jeff Perlman, who I think is the best sports writer, sports book writer, uh, at least in the last 30 years. I uh, did an interview with him, and he had uh, good things to say about the book, for whatever that's worth. I uh, do want to remind you that if you're involved in an accident, it's not your fault. Um, what you got to do, what you need to do, what you must do, is pick up the phone and call my friends at Greening Law, 972-934-8900. Take a second and punch that number in your phone so when you need it, you ain't got to look for it. 972-934-8900. Consultation is free. doesn't cost you anything to punch that number in and say, hey, I was involved in this situation. What do you think? And I'm telling you, if they bring you on as a client, it's been a great day for you because they're going to walk you through the process, literally, Hold your hand and walk you through this kind of long, tedious, complex, intimidating, sometimes scary process. They've done a lot of these cases. They know how to handle them. They walk you through the process. They want you focused on two things, rest and renewal or renewal and rest. That's all they want you focused on. They even make doctor's appointments for you. If you need to go see a specialist, they do that. They take care of everything along the way so that you can focus on what rest and renewal and getting your body right um now i do like to tell you this a lot of times you go to a law firm you say hey where am i on the priority list you're at the top of the priority list why they don't get paid unless you get paid they don't get paid unless you get paid so you don't have to wonder whether they're grinding for you whether they're working for you how hard they're trying where you are on the priority list you're at the top um so Again, if you're involved in an accident away from home, somebody else was negligent, it's not your fault, you're injured, pick up the phone, punch in 972-934-8900, and let the green team help you. And if for some reason you don't want to take my word for it, and I'm not offended if you don't, go check them out at greeninglaw.com. See what other folks are saying about them. See what they do. See the cases that they want. Check them out for yourself. And then if you're involved in an accident, it's not your fault. Punch in the number, 972-934-8900. Dog, have you gotten over that Cowboys loss yet? 
Yeah, I thought they represented. I'm I'm over it. On to the next one. You know. All right, all right, that's good. Well, this is what already. I mean, we have we've only been doing 28 episodes of this podcast, and we appreciate you guys for listening. We really appreciate the feedback. All feedback is appreciated. Uh, my man uh, Craig Burris uh, sent me a text the other day that said, uh, "What was it? Great breakdown of a disappointing loss." Uh, I got a tweet this morning that I just sent uh, Joe. This uh, this is from James Bramhall. Just listened to the podcast. JJT enjoyed it, especially Brown Gravy Talk. Uh. Don't say that. Wife won't be happy. <laughs> LOL. Have a great day, my friend. And that's what you. That's what um, I, I tell folks all along. And if you're new to the podcast, we really appreciate you. If you're old, then you know how what I'm about to say and how we get down. We do talk Cowboys. Uh, but we also have a lot of fun. We talk about other stuff. Uh, Joe is an old friend of mine, so he knows stuff about me that other people don't know, which is a little different. Uh, makes the podcast a little different than uh, when I was doing it with Matt. Yeah, some uh, he things also, I don't want to know. Right. Yeah, he also don't care about my feelings the way Matt did, so he talks bad to me from time to time. Only uh, when necessary. It don't don't matter. Matt never talked bad to me when necessary, or not necessary. <laughs> so it don't matter. Uh, so we got a different vibe, but uh, we have a lot of the same interests. Uh, he has some very different interests in guns and drones, and uh, sometimes we'll end up talking about that. Uh, but we keep it light. We keep it free. We have a lot of fun. And uh, sometimes we end up talking about brown gravy and clear gravy and, and how you shouldn't talk about that, uh, how your wife's cooking. Uh, so anyway. Oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you trying hard get me in the doghouse, but hey, no, hey, no, hey. No, 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 no. Easy killer. Uh, yeah. So on to your Dallas Cowboys. Uh, and I was starting to say this because uh, clearly from the text I get and tweets I see on uh, X or Twitter or whatever we call it these days, uh, a lot of you guys enjoy four plays to shape the game. It's a concept that uh, I'm not going to say I came up with it. But I've been doing it a long time, and now it seems like everybody wants to put their little spin on it. Uh, I probably started doing it real talk probably probably 15 years ago, man. Uh, maybe a little bit longer than that because I was doing it when I was still at the Dallas Morning News. And so the, to me, the crazy thing is I've taken it from a written format to a radio format to a podcast format. I've even done it on TV, dog. Uh, I think we did it on Channel 5 one year. Um, and so I, I enjoy it. And uh, we're going to really have some fun, I think, at the end of the year because we might do, you know, 10 plays to shape the season where you go back and grab some and it really becomes like, wow, I forgot about that and how that impacted the year. But anyway, uh, as I like to tell you, all there's 129 plays in the Cowboys' um, 28-23 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday. Let's go over four that shaped the game more than any others. So once again, uh, your Cowboys came out a little slow on offense. I, sh- I shouldn't say that. Not once again for them. But they went three and out. I didn't like – I really didn't like that first series at all. The first series made me think – and I don't do this often, but I was like, Mike, you spent a week putting a game plan together. And this is what you came up with? Really? This is what you came up with? Two runs in the pass. Who boy. It's going to be a long day. Uh, so – Cowboys go three and out. I mean, it's just a bad drive to me. I don't even know if you can call it a drive. And Philadelphia takes the ball, and they just go bam, 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 bam. 
a bunch of third and shorts. Uh, anyway, they end up scoring 13 plays, 77 yards, 7 minutes, 51 seconds, 7 nothing Philly. And you're like, damn, the game just got started. And now it's already like, if you don't score, this, this is going to be a, a San Francisco recap. And so I think there was a lot of trepidation amongst the fan base. I think the players on the sideline were like, damn, what just happened? Um, we just got punched in the mouth yet again because, for those of you counting at home, that marked the sixth consecutive time the Dallas Cowboys had allowed a scoring drive on the first drive of the game. Dan Quinn, you're good. Do better. That just means you're getting outcoached. Ooh, I like that jam right there. Uh, you're getting outcoached during the week and they're coming up with some stuff and you're not adjusting fast enough. So Dan Quinn is outstanding. So I'm not cutting on him, but you got to do better, dog. Anyway, Philadelphia is up seven nothing. I'm like, damn, Cowboys already need something to happen. Somebody need to make a play. And here's what went down. Dallas will have it for the second time as Turpin looking aggressive and he's going to take it out. That's why. Dangerous indeed. An all-pro returner who's got space. Devontae Turpin out across the 45. Big time return for Turpin. So Turpin comes to the rescue. Makes a big play. I thought he was about to take that one to the house. I thought he was at midfield in the center field. I thought he was about to cut to the right and zoom on to the end zone. What do you think? Man, I tell you what, he is electric, and uh, he's twice as fast as he was last year because he had to play all them USFL games. Uh, he gonna break one sooner or later, but they either gonna give us field position by kicking away from him or kicking to him. Yeah, I think uh, I think there's no like he was a Pro Bowl returner last year, mm-hmm. but it seemed to me like, and I, I need to look it up and see and look at some stats. Seemed to me like he like he he was really living off the reputation of the preseason game where he had a punt and a kick in the same same game, but I mean he was solid last year. I mean, but you know, so I'm not I'm really not taking shade at him. Well, but this to, year he had to hit a wall sometime last year because oh, he yeah. played two seasons back to back. Yeah, he ain't and, doing that this year. And he a little guy. Yeah, like he he like five nine one sixty five. Yeah, he's a little guy for real. He's one of two dudes, three dudes I can look in the eyes. On the Cowboys roster and feel good about myself as a man. <laughs> It'd be him, Jordan Lewis, Deuce Vaughn. That's I, it, baby. I knew you was going to say Jordan Lewis. <laughs> Jordan Lewis, looks, he looks smaller than Deuce, but yeah. Jordan Lewis is the only dude from Michigan I like. That's my boy right there. Uh, I enjoy talking to him all the time. Okay, we're going to take a very, very quick aside. Very quick exit ramp. Uh, y'all, y'all all know about that cheating scandal uh, with the Michigan uh, football team. Well, last week... I was looking for him. I couldn't find him, so I left a note on his locker. Bring your cheating ass out here. Sign your favorite Buckeye. And so uh, I waited for him. About 15 minutes later, he, he sat down in his locker. He grabbed the note. He looked at it. He started looking around, grinning. And so I yelled at him from the locker room, hey, buddy. And then he gave me the finger. And so that's the kind of relationship we got. Uh, so back on here. So you got Cavante Turpin with the big kickoff return is what they needed, man. And he's making you right, man. He looks fresher. He's making plays. Uh, I tried to get this last week, but I didn't see him. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go find him this week, best of my ability, and uh, ask him if he really truly does feel a difference in his body uh, from last year to this year because you sh- he's showing up in big time, man. Like he had the two against the Rams. He's had some other returns this year. 
he is he's he's earning his roster spot earning his roster spot so they get the good field position now whether it's the good field position or whatever the 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 playbook opens up a little bit. They start off with three straight running passes, man. And Dak ain't got nobody to throw to. He got to scramble. But uh, all's well that ends well. Dak converts one third down with a run of four yards. And then on fourth and one from the 33 of Philly, uh, did you like them going for it? Or were you like, just get some points on the board, man? I like the aggressiveness. Like I say, it don't matter to me as long as you make a good attempt. And I thought I thought it was pretty good. I like yeah, he had CeeDee Lamb down the left side, 29 yards, first down. They score, and it's 7-7, and it's a ball game again. And right then, to me, Turpin's, uh, Turpin's return set it all up because it lit the fuse on the offense, got everybody excited. And uh, to me, it was, uh, it was a big, big play because we've already seen these games. They can go left in a hurry. And uh, this, was a, this was an opportunity for them to, uh, to, to get back in the game real quick. So we got this back and forth affair. Uh, it's 14-14. Your Dallas Cowboys uh, take over with 5.09 left in the second quarter. Uh, the big play, once again, um, it's third and 15. They get CeeDee Lamb, who makes a tremendous effort to get 14 yards uh, on a catch. Fourth and one, two and a half minutes left in the first half. I think I know the answer, but I'll ask again. Was you down with going for it? Yeah. Well, were you? I mean, because that midfield, if you don't get it, Philadelphia going down and they're gonna get three points, and and, and you're gonna be behind at halftime, and they get the ball coming out. Well, Philadelphia sets the tone with that touch push stuff. They gonna keep going for it on fourth. You kind of gotta, you kind of gotta follow suit a little bit. You, you know, you gotta do the same. You understand what I'm saying? You gotta do. No, the same I know thing. they put pressure on you by doing it because yep. they can. They got. They really. They like playing. They, you know, <laughs> it's fun. Me and uh, me and Jordan played Madden for years, uh, and we had a rule. Yeah, it, it had to be fourth and less than five for you to go for it. Because some people they just go for it all the time, and that drive you crazy. Mm-hmm. And we're like, don't nobody play like that, man. Try to try to play it the right way. Try to play realistically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Philadelphia don't play the right way according to NFL standards. Yep, they no. go for it all the time. Yep. Um, and so anyway, they put that pressure on you, and so they get the first down, man. They're driving. Um, you got the uh, pass to Pollard up the middle. Pollard up the middle. Good, strong run. It's third and three at the 33. It's a four-point play right here. They, I think they ran an in route or a drag. Michael Gallup wide open in the middle of the field, and here's what happened. Give him more time. Third and three here. Over the middle drop by Gallup. He had the first. No one was near him, and he just couldn't hang on. Dude. The way that drive was going – that felt like a touchdown drive to me. Maybe it wouldn't have been. Maybe it came up short. But they had a lot of momentum on that drive. They were moving. Uh, Dak is good in the hurry-up, up-tempo offense. Uh, they had scored on a couple possessions in a row. And here comes the drop, man, and it's just like, damn. Uh, good thing is Brandon Aubrey hit the field goal, and so you're up 17-14 at halftime. But I'm telling you, it's a big difference between 21-14 going into the half and 17-14, and that drop mattered. Michael Gallup. I don't think he's going to be here next year. I don't think I'm breaking news. Five years, $62 million to be a legit number two receiver. Uh, and it doesn't matter, man, whether he's his second year coming off of a knee injury and whatever. 
this is a bottom line production business, and his production has has been subpar. And uh, you know, unless he has a heck of a second half, they're gonna cut him in the offseason. So the third quarter starts, and your Cowboys give up a touchdown drive, six plays, sixty yards. Jalen Hurts goes to Devontae Smith, twenty nine yard touchdown over our boy Deron Bland. But that was a perfect throw, perfect catch. That's the NFL, man. That's why them cats get paid millions of dollars. Uh, that was great execution. They have 21-17. Uh, um, and then your Cowboys get an opportunity to answer. They're moving the ball once again, man. And I get so sick of this, dog. Because the Cowboys are one of your more penalized teams in the league. It's second and 15. They finally got the running game working a little bit. Tony Pollard ripped off 15. Then he ripped off five. Then uh, Prescott hit, yes, he hit Jalen Tobit for 10. Offensive moving, Rico, Rico Dottle off the right side, boring, moving, churning, spinning, 18 yards. He carried the pile the last three or four yards. Tweet, tweet. Like, what the hell? Tweet, tweet. There you go. Luke Schoonmaker, offensive holding. First and 15. And, dude, the way these games go. There's a reason why teams strive so hard to win first down. When you get behind the chains, man, they just drive killers. You can overcome them sometimes, but against the better teams, it's really hard to overcome first and 15 or second and 15 because you made a, made a penalty. Um, you seen a replay. Did you, did you think it was a hold? Yeah. I mean, An egregious? No, it wasn't. That's the, that's, that, was, that was par for the course. What you mean? I mean, the way the refs was calling stuff. It was oh, so okay, inconsistent. Okay. I'm sorry. The way the ref was calling the game, it was just the way they've been calling them all year. It's, it's the holding penalty last. It's, you know, it's the it's the holding penalty last week against the Rams. It's the no, no contact, no P.I., all the holding and all that. You know, no holding call, holding call, all that BS. The whole damn game. Well, uh, Schoolmaker gets the whole – and instead of first down, all the momentum at the Philadelphia 28, it's first and 15 at the 50. Uh, an incompletion, no gain, and another inc- and a short passage, Ferguson for seven yards. You know why I'm laughing, don't you? Why is it? You done talked all the way through the damn clip. Oh, did I? Yeah, you did. Okay, check this out. So it's first and 10 <laughs> at the 45, and here goes Rico Dotto. Let me see. Let's see what happens. time run down to the 27 but might be moving on back somebody got shot or something <laughs> holding offense number 86 10 yard penalty first down go. I was so excited I did the sound effects too <laughs> somebody was like ah <laughs> Uh, I did the tweet, tweet, running, churning. So that's what happened with that drive. It failed because Schoonmaker uh, on the penalty. Cowboys punt. And what happened? Philly go down 11 plays, 87 yards. And just like that, it's 28-17, man. And your Cowboys got big problems. Uh, So they managed to claw back. It's 28-23. Dallas is uh, scrapping back. It's at the point of the game where I say, Somebody, anybody, got to make a play. 
because you need a miracle. Um, it's third and seven. You're not really expecting uh, Philadelphia to do anything but throw the ball. I mean, but run the ball because, uh, you know, you want Dallas to burn all their timeouts, and then you want to give them the ball back with just as little bit of time left. And if you can pop one, the game is over. So with a minute seven left, third and seven at Philadelphia 32, you won't believe what almost happened. Comes down to this, third and seven. They will run it. Oh, and the ball is loose. It's on the ground. Oh, my goodness. Who's going to get it? He ran into A.J. Brown, collided with DeAndre Swift in the backfield. I haven't seen a signal for who they've given the ball to yet, but... Wow. Oh, my. Oh. And the Eagles maintain possession. Wow. Tyler Steen, the rookie, making his first start at right guard, somehow came up with it. Crazy. Dude, that was like a one in a million play. Crazy. One in a million play. If you ask them to do that again, they probably couldn't do it like that. Because he hit them hard when he hit them on the motion. And I'm looking at my TV going, oh, my God. Is Micah finna fall on this? I know Micah spent the whole plane ride home going, how did I not fall on that? How did I not get that? I'm right there. How do I How do I not have the ball? And so uh, Philadelphia recovered. Uh, they punted. And the Cowboys still almost had a chance to win. Uh, pass interference penalty on James Bradbury. Got 36 yards on first down. They're at the 50. They moved the ball all the way to first and 10 at the first and five at the six with 27 seconds left. And somehow ended up with third and 26 from the 27. Well, you had Tyler Smith with the flinch. With the, and, with you know, the man, Tyler, Tyler Smith has been is really emerging into a great player. And yep. I don't say that lightly. Yep. He's really emerging into a great player. Listen to me carefully. You can almost make the argument right now he's better than Zach Martin. And Zach Martin's still playing at a high, high level. I ain't, but you can I make the argument. You can, but I ain't. No, no, that's sacrilegious right there. I don't. Hey, man, I'm saying you can make the argument. Mm, Okay, I love Tyler. Right, so I seen Tyler in high school, but I still Zach Martin is still the guy. But let me. I was a little disappointed in 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 Tyler. Like it was a ticky tacky. Yeah, you either flinched or you didn't flinch, dog. Yeah. Well, the the Uh, the significance of that is that that uh, Darius Slay was out that play. Right, he was out. And then they put the other guy in and Brown in, the other corner in, and then it's like, all right, all right, we're going to do this. He flinched. They backed us up. Darius Slade come right back in the game. Damn. It'd be them little bitty things. Man. Yep, yep. Those are the little bitty things that separate winning from losing in the NFL where games are so close. 28-23, Philadelphia wins. It was one of the better games of the year. It's a really exciting game. Well-played football game for the most part. Dallas Cowboys hung in there, put up a fight, but did not get it done. Uh, So that's uh, four plays to shape the game for this week. Uh, Now, let's take a moment to call Todd Archer. Uh, Brought to you each and every week by Smokey John's Barbecue. Hello. What up, bro? What's going on? Nothing. Just doing a little podcast with Big Joe and the Big Rig. What's happening? What's up? All right, there we go. <laughs> Here we go. I've been trying. Oh, to, I've been waiting for that all yeah, week. Yeah, you don't like that cadence? 
No. <laughs> uh, what's your initial thoughts from uh, Dallas and Philly matchup number one? You know, I, I hate to say it like positively, but I actually felt okay about this team coming out of the gate. Like, they, they could have won, maybe should have won, however you want to look at it, but they competed. They showed some, they showed some guts that, that they didn't show against San Francisco. Now, again, it's a loss, so you always have to temper that, but if Dak plays the way that he played in that game, they're going to win a lot more than they lose in the playoffs. Win the biggest right. game? Ah, I don't know. But the, in the defense, hey, they got three stops there in the fourth quarter when they absolutely needed them. That was the good news. The bad news, if you want to be the Legion of Boom or the 2000 Ravens, you can't have those two drives to start the third quarter. So, like, right. it, it, so there, but there's positives that come out of it, but it's also maddening because it's probably the same old stuff we've been saying about these Cowboys for the last 15 years. <laughs> Damn, I didn't know you was going that far back. Uh... Well, seriously, I mean, they're, they're a good team. And sometimes they're great, but they're never great when it matters. They were good on Sunday. Sometimes they were great, but they weren't great when it mattered. I can't really, uh, you know, I can't really argue with that. Uh, I can't really and, argue and with look, that. I'm, I'm sure we'll get to this, but look at the next four games. Three of them at home, or five games. Three of them at home, four of them at home, and the one row game's at Carolina. I guess it's four games. They better be nine and three coming out of this stretch. If they want to be have any chance to be considered a serious contender, an elite team, however you want to define it, they've got to be nine and three going into that Philadelphia game at AT&T Stadium. Right? I mean, there's no... Well, let's, can't lose uh, the Giants, can't lose Carolina, can't lose Washington, and you have to beat San Francisco. Or, or Seattle, sorry. All right. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I see what you're saying. They got the Giants at the crib, on the road against Carolina, home against Washington, home against Seattle uh, after they've had their sh- little bit of a break. Uh, and then they got, you know, the reality of it is they also got to beat Philly uh, if they right. want to uh, want to have any shot at the division. And then, you know, now here's where we start talking. Like, Buffalo may not be what we thought Buffalo was. Um, in December, since Buffalo is five and four and struggling, but it's still going to be cold. It's still going to be snowy, and you know it's still going to be a difficult game. So, uh, no nah, man, this is the time to make a move. The things are in your favor. Uh, you're playing pretty good ball. Uh, your quarterback is playing really good football. He's been uh, to me. He's been exceptional the last three weeks. Uh, okay, before we get into Dak. This is just me, and I'm going to ask your opinion before I give mine. What is your take on fair. his? F- oh, okay. Well, mine is. <laughs> no, I think ahead. it's. The, right. I think it's the stupidest shit ever. People talking about he stepped out of bounds on a two point conversion. That's like just the dumbest. Like, do y'all not see the angle? Do you not know what speed he has? He's trying to take as wide an angle as he can to get in there because he's not twenty year old Dak. He's thirty year old Dak. And the corner of his toe got there before he dove. I mean, it's just mind-boggling to me because he did all he could do on that play because he ain't even supposed to run on that play. It's supposed to be a pass play. 
So there, there's yeah. my So you're saying people shouldn't have criticized him for stepping out? Yeah, because it's not like he stepped out on purpose. I mean, I don't think he right. had any choice. To get to the end zone, I have to take this bigger angle because I can't – I can't get to the pylon any other way than to take this wider well, angle. Wasn't he I'm, running against forty-eight-year-old Brandon Graham? So, mm, I, I'm not. You're right. Well, you're absolutely right. But after the game, though, Dak said, "I, I should have just dove at the pylon and touched the ball on the pylon." That, that's what he said afterwards. So I don't. Well, I don't know if he so could have got he, there. He, why not? I guess he could have. I don't know. He got there with his feet anyway. Right, like he he should have. I mean, yeah. It to, to me the play symbolized a little bit like Romo. He's star crossed. It's like here's a dude playing one of the best games he's ever played. It's the first time he's ever lost with 300 yards passing, three touchdowns and no interceptions, and that mm. kind of play kills him. Right, like that that's yeah. the play where they're kicking a field goal. Well. That's Romo's best game. It's probably the one against Denver. They lose 51-49, and he <laughs> throws five touchdowns, and he has an interception that everybody's like, you can't throw that interception. It's like, dude, he's scoring 49 points. What? Like, It's funny how these guys are kind of – the, the, the storylines are matching up between both these guys now. Yeah. Um, and you're right in terms of he has to do something to change that narrative. Uh, like he he almost had something done where he did his helicopter play, um, you know. I thought the Eagles guy just made a good play, but the effort was there, the valiance was there, everything was there. He just didn't score on it. But uh, what do you think about your quarterback now as we head into this stretch where, uh, like you're right, they need to go five and zero. Oh. So four and zero, oh, but four and zero, oh, five and zero, oh, four. And oh. I, I think five and zero oh, because I'm adding that last Philly game. They got to beat the Eagles. Go. Okay, I got you. Um, this is what I think is so last I think it might have been Thursday McCarthy said yeah we've really kind of cut Dak loose when it's come to him using his feet making plays with his legs I think Dak's cut himself loose I don't think it has anything to do with the coach and I think it was Dak coming out of that San Francisco game saying F it I gotta do this this is how I gotta play and if it's gonna put myself at risk I gotta put myself at risk because what we're doing is just not good enough right now. And you've seen elite Dak the last three games, in my mind. Like, he's run for a touchdown. Um, he's completing 75% of his passes. Like, this is as good of football as he's probably played since before the, before injury, the injury, I would say. <laughs> yes. Um, so, but I don't think it was some great – coaching thing that came I think it was Dak saying it's time for me to go and carry these guys and he has to running game is not what what they wanted to be or what it was supposed to be the offensive line has not been what they wanted or what they were supposed to be CD Lamb's been great um Ferguson's coming along but I think Dak is Dak has got to be the guy to steal a Jerry term lift all boats now, you know, the interesting thing about that is I don't think we've ever really considered Dak to be that guy. So is he at a point well, of his career that, where though. now? Well, that, but I, I think that's the that's the national I, – I understand where you're going because we can always – like he's needed guys around him, right? And he still does need guys. 
guys around him, and he has guys around him. But he he's lifted his play and has made other guys better, I guess. But I think it's mostly about how he's played. Like, to me, I hate – I think I saw Robert Griffin III tweet this, that he kind of defended Dak in, in, in some respects of – yeah, Dak hasn't won the biggest games, but we can't say he's not won big games because he has. And that the narrative right. that follows him around is that he always falls up, falls short. Stop it. It's like saying, okay, but then Romo never won a big game in his life either. They've not won right. the biggest games, but they've won big games. And right. and that's where we're at, I think, with Dak. Man, I just I might have a story idea that I just came up with. Doc, don't steal it. <laughs> hey, you better hurry up and get it done, man. <laughs> Yeah, for the eighty-seven media outlets you work for, it might appear somewhere. Um, you know, I'm a consultant at many places. I like to put it like that. Um, and that was a shot. <laughs> uh, you know, we have two old friends on. People take shots at you, but I, you know, I'm, I'm still. It was a good, a good man, shot. Right? It was a good shot. No, you know, um, it's an accurate shot. <laughs> hey, the bills got to get paid some kind of way. Uh, I was going to ask you, what do we make of Tony Pollard? Because I saw another couple plays this week where I thought, oh, here comes a big, okay, 12 yards instead of 50 or six instead of of 20. Right. Yeah, I was just going to say that. There's a bunch of – there's been a few runs the last couple weeks you're like, huh, that would have been a bigger run last year. And, you know, especially when it's blocked up well and things. Has he lost some explosiveness? I mean, if you go by the eye test, maybe he has. If you go by, like, the GPS numbers, he's still hitting those top numbers, maybe not as frequently. So, yeah, potentially he's not what he was. Um, but I'm going to go on the, the 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 run schemes need to be better and what they're doing because there's a lot of times where he don't have anywhere to go. And, you know, and and I guess there were times last year where he just made up for that with his feet, I guess you could say. But I I think they need to alter their their run scheme and adjust a little bit what they're doing there as opposed to just let's try and move these guys. That's not what your offensive line is in some some respects. I think you got to get these guys moving laterally and allow Paul to use cutbacks. I'm not of the mind of man. They got to give Rico Dowdle more. Like, right? I, I don't think that's the answer. Um, it, it would help, you know, if he has five or six or seven carries a game. Okay, that's fine. But there's no reason to have it be Tony gets 15 and Dowdle gets 11. I don't think that's in any kind of split you need. Um, but if we're if the Cowboys want to give us give Terrence Steele grace for coming back off of an injury the way that he has, do the Cowboys give grace to Tony Pollard coming off the injury that he had? Okay. I, I don't know. Uh, are you of the mind that Brandon Cooks needs to be more involved in the passing game? One more time. Brandon Cooks what? Are you of the mind that Brandon Cooks needs to be more involved in the passing game? Um. Yes, and this is where I believe both things can be true. I think he is impacting the passing game. He's just not catching passes. Um, and when you throw for 374 yards, I agree with McCarthy. 
what are we complaining about here? Like, it, but I don't understand how Brandon Cooks can look as good as he did in training camp, running these same plays against a top defense, and now he can't get involved. I don't, I don't put this on Brandon Cooks has lost it. I think he can still run and still be an impact player and 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 all that. I I just don't know if he's. He, I I can't. I don't even want to say he doesn't fit what they do, because that doesn't make sense either. This is just something that's not figured itself out yet. And other than just scheming up plays for him, maybe that's what they have to do. You know, I mean, it, it's. Don't you? I mean, the guy can still run. He can still move. He can still make plays. We saw it in the summer. He's healthy. He's not injured. Dak likes him. Um, he knows where he's supposed to be. They got to figure out a way to get him involved, and not at the expense of C.D. Lamb, and maybe not at the expense of what Ferguson's done the last couple weeks, but to supplement what they are. And maybe this whole notion of we want to be a physical run team throw that out the window and just say, hey, we're a passing team, we're an 11, 11 personnel team, and and let's go from there. Um, Do you think they can do that? Or is he too stubborn to do that? Um, Well, I mean, if we're honest, if we look at McCarthy's time in Green Bay, he was mostly that. Right. Look at all the great, what were the great runners he had in Green Bay? Uh, uh, Starks. <laughs> right. Yeah, he was nine hundred yards yeah, a year. Like, day. yeah, I mean, there was one year Ty Montgomery was their leading receiver because because they have injuries, so they had to throw it all over the place. Like, he had Aaron Jones at the beginning of his, at the end of his tenure, the beginning of Aaron Jones. Um, he had Eddie Lacy, that never worked out. Right. So, I mean, I, I'm of the mindset you, you're a better throwing team than you are running team at this moment. You got to lean into that. Um, Steven you know, gave funny, the, watching, Did you watch the, game, the, the, the you watch the Jeff Chargers game last night? Sadly, no. I saw one play, and it was okay. uh, Bosa getting in the fumble and doing the hockey dance. Oh, okay. I didn't even see that play, but there, there was one part. Charger up twenty to six. There's, I don't know, six minutes left in the game, and. Kellen runs it three straight times, and, and they're just killing the clock. And all I kept thinking about was McCarthy saying, Kellen wants to light up the damn scoreboard. I will run the ball and protect my defense. And I thought, huh, there's Kellen running the ball, doing the right thing. There's no way the Jets are going to score 14 points in the final four minutes of the game. And, you know, he was okay just kind of run, 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 punt. So I thought that was a interesting uh, happenstance in that game last night when you – factor in the history here of Kellen here with and McCarthy as well. Maybe that was uh, McCarthy's uh, influence. How about that? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, from a defense's perspective, uh, what do you see them? Like, to me, the only thing that, like, I, I'm like you, I've, I couldn't figure out what to do with the defense because they gave up 292 yards. You'll take that every week. Um, they didn't get the turnovers, but they were there for them. They just didn't recover them. Uh, they go A.J. Brown, 7 for 66. I can live with that. DeAndre Swift, I think, was average three yards a carry. I can live with that. So I, I couldn't figure out what to complain about, but I knew I needed to complain about something. 
you, you complain about the, the the third quarter. That changed the whole com- complexion of the game. And, yeah. and I started off talking about it, right? Like, if you want to be those elite defenses and, and you talk about that, that can't happen. Like, the first one and to open the quarter, okay, they made an adjustment. Whatever they did, they're going to go and score. The Eagles are a good team. You can fall under the, hey, they get paid to line that we all hate. Okay, cool. <laughs> right. And, and they, they started the, the – 40 because of the Rashawn Evans face mask. All right, I got gotcha. you. But an 87-yard drive, and, and you're not really a threat to stop them on third down, like, that can't happen. That has to be a field goal. And for as good as they are, and the numbers that they can splash, and the turnovers, and the sacks, and the pass rush win rates, and the expected EPAs, and all that crap, <laughs> it don't matter if you don't make the play when you need to make it most. And that's not necessarily at the end of the game. And they made those plays. Sometimes the biggest play of the game can be in the third quarter, be in the second quarter, when yeah. you absolutely need to flip the momentum. And to me, that was when Philadelphia kind of just leaned on them and said, you can't stop us. And I'll push back a little bit on the run game when you look at, like, the number of yards per carry. They ran it 33 times. Like, that's the number. That's what matters most. It's We've always talked about it with the Cowboys. It's the attempts, not necessarily the yards. I, I yeah. think that there was some big boy football when it came to the Eagles. And by the way, there is zero chance the Cowboys will ever stop a tush push. Zero. <laughs> and I don't know if any – honestly, I don't know if anybody will really stop it unless the Eagles stop it uh, themselves. Screwing they play, you better not be in third and one, fourth and one, whatever and one, because they will convert it every single time. Okay, last uh, couple things real quick. Uh, and I'm rewinding. Did you, on the first possession, did you think uh, McCarthy should have challenged the spot? Um, sure. But I, I challenging spot calls are always tricky, right? Because he – Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's – I wonder what the percentage is of, of, of them that get overturned. Um, but – yeah, but I, again, I'm watching it live, and I'm like, "All right, was that a bad spot? Was that a good spot?" The, they were saying they didn't get the the information in time. But I, I generally think when you're challenging the spot, tie goes to the runner in that situation. That almost always the call stands. Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, By the way, I thought Dax, it was just Dak's fourth down sneak later in the game, fourth third down, whatever it was that the Eagles challenged. He might not have made that, but they called it a first down on the field. So that that's why the call stood. Nah, I, I, what uh, last thing? Do uh, you see another 40-point blowout of the uh, struggling Giants this week? 16-point favorites. When's the last time? Like, that's like Ohio State against <laughs> Eastern Michigan. Stuff. No, that, right? no, actually, that'd be like 46 points. That's Ohio State against... Indiana. Northwest, yeah. Like, like that. They'll cover. I don't know if it'll be 40 to nothing, though. <laughs> they'll, they'll, well, you know. If, if they Tommy are, DeVito uh, lights them up, then, oh, my gosh, they have issues. They are a terrific front-running team, so they might just put it down, put it on them like that, unless they call the dogs off early. And you know what? They can't call the dogs off early. They did that to start the season, those foot wins, and I think that hurt them offensively. They needed to just run their stuff. 
and get everybody yeah. going. Like, if it's 56 to 3, it's 56 to 3. Sorry, Brian yeah. Dayball. <laughs> yeah, that was so 145 you... yards passing game that they had. Yeah, like for real. That's a, that's your, that's a, that's a you problem, brother, not me. Uh, but anyway, uh, always enjoy chatting to you, bro. I will uh, see you out there at the uh, star tomorrow. All right, I'll oh. save you a seat. Oh, did you did you oh, have any thoughts on the Rangers winning the World Series? I mean, I know as a Boston Rangers, guy, you've got Rangers. like four or five of them. Wait a minute, the Rangers won the World Series? <laughs> Come <laughs> really? On. Come on. Interesting. <laughs> see, no, this, it, this was, it was cool to see. I mean, it was my teenage daughter was excited to see them win, and I didn't think she knew anything about baseball. So, of course, her excitement might have been, all my teachers say we're not doing anything in school today if the Rangers win. <laughs> so that might have been her excitement level. But, yeah, it was cool uh, to see them win. And, and it, But it, and it, you know what else it made me think of? If the Cowboys ever won a Super Bowl, what would their parade look like and how many would they have? Dude, if you know the Rangers had – Dude. You know they have one at uh, down by the stadium, and you know, sure as hell, know they're going to have one out in Frisco. <laughs> so they, they're going to lead the league in parades if they ever three, win three parades. Yeah, dude, if the Rangers got close to seven hundred, they would do well over a million. I'm a little dubious Ooh. on that crowd estimation. I just yeah. can't imagine seven hundred thousand people down there. Me either. But uh, I just knew I wasn't going to be down there. I wasn't going to be part of all that. Too many people, too many cars. But uh, anyway, save me a seat tomorrow. I always appreciate you, we'll bro. Do. I'll talk to you. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. All right. That's Todd Archer brought to you each each and every Wednesday by Smokey John's Barbecue, 1820 West Mockingbird. I tried to get my boy a jam session bowl the other day. But he didn't. He, he didn't come to this part of town. So soon and very soon, I keep saying, we'll get uh, Joe a jam session bowl because it is to live for. Uh, it just is, man. <laughs> I was sitting there thinking about it, like, can I really go get one? And I don't think uh, I don't think I'm supposed to go get one right now. But uh, it's it's a bowl with a mac and cheese base. Or mashed potato base. Your choice out of two out of five smoked meats. And then they put all that stuff that you find on a loaded baked potato. You know, sour cream, chives, bacon bits, cheese, butter. It's delicious. Then you either drizzle it with some sauce or drench it with some sauce. It's enough for two, no problem. If you got a little shorty, the three of y'all can eat off of it, no problem. Now, I also want to make y'all aware, Thanksgiving it's a couple weeks away. And you know Smokey John's got you covered. You can get the small family pack, for uh, which includes, hold up, I want to make sure I read this right. It's $149.95, feeds four to six people. Smoked turkey, bone and ham, two quarts of dressing, one pint giblet gravy. We'll get Joe's response to that. Six rolls, half a pint of cranberry sauce, one quart size. Uh, you can also get the large family pack that for $189.95 that feeds 8 to 12 people, smoked turkey, bone and ham, a gallon's worth of dressing, one quart giblet gravy, a dozen rolls, pint of cranberry sauce, a two-quart size. You can also order a smoked turkey 
a Cajun fried turkey, a baked turkey, a honey bone in ham, rib stuffed turkey. They got you stuck. They got you covered, man. Whatever you need for Thanksgiving, the holiday season, Smokey John's have you covered. It's all delicious. Mm. Try them. What's that? Sound like it. No, no, for real. I'm uh, This first year, uh, I'm going to order something from them for uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, I just haven't figured out what, uh, but uh, I'm going, I ain't even going to talk to y'all. It, it's either going to be the Cajun turkey or the rib stuffed turkey probably. When you, when uh, you do the bone-in ham and the turkey, you cover everybody. You get either or, you get both. You cover everybody when you do that. That's one. That's kind of what we do a little bit. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Maybe every, maybe every, you know, some people spot and get a plate this year. Oh yeah. I said maybe, man. So you know, maybe. Oh. Am I am, am, I, am I invited? That's the first thing you need to say. <laughs> y'all, y'all see how he did that? Y'all see how he did that? See, I don't be making up the disrespect. That's the, that's the first thing you need. So you and do we want to put up with your ass? That's the first thing you need to ask. But all right then. You know, boy, with friends like this, this is why don't not a lot of people show up at your funeral. Yeah. With friends like this. I don't know about just, all that. <laughs> long as long as they play the trumpet, it's all good. All right, let's move to around the block, man. I got a few things to talk about. All right, I was moved by two things this morning. One of them is, uh, most of y'all know by now, I used to be a fat guy. Now I'm a good-looking guy. Although you can be a fat, good-looking guy because I was that too. But I like to work out. I usually get it six days a week. But it's amazing to me how workouts go. Sometimes your body just feel it. And sometimes your body's like, dog, what are you doing? Let me rest. And so for some reason, I think because I've been doing a lot of traveling, a lot of work lately, uh, I was really tired. And then falling back didn't help me any at all because we lost that hour. And you tell me, dog, it's just an hour, but it seemed like it's 10 hours. I don't really get why your body is so weird like that. But... uh, I didn't work out. I had a short workout Saturday, 30 minutes. Normally, I work out for about an hour or so. I took Sunday off, and then I had some stuff come up, some deadline stuff I had to work on. I was like, you know what? Because I work out early in the morning, like 530, 5 o'clock. And I was like, man, if I work out this morning, if I'm going to be honest, there's no way I'm going to get this stuff done in time. Now, I got two workout partners. Now, we have a rule. If you're going to not be at the workout, you must notify your people the night before. It can't be, I woke up, I don't feel like going. No, because everybody else woke up, and they probably didn't feel like going either, but they got their butt up and went to the gym. So you got to let people know the night before if you're not coming, because you know the night before if you ain't coming. So I sent my boys a text. I'm going to take off Monday because I need to get this work done. So I worked out this morning, man, for the first time in two and a half days. This is, and you know, Archie asked me if I saw a play from the Chargers game, and I didn't. Got a great night's sleep. Dude, I had the best workout this morning that I've probably had in about a year. And you asked, well, how do you know it's been like a year? Well, I, I track all my workouts on my watch, and I track the calories. I understand that they're not exact, but they're close enough to give me a good gauge. And during my workout this morning, man, 
And the way I work out, I lift weights and I jump rope between every session. That's because I don't like doing cardio. I don't like walking on the treadmill. I don't like running on the treadmill. My knees are kind of bad now. So jumping rope is the best cardio for me. Did a lot of high reps, you know, 30, 40, 50 reps. Dude, burned 800 calories in 67 minutes this morning with a with a uh, average heartbeat of uh, 136, which means we were smoking because normally my average heartbeat during a workout is about 125. And this is all I want to tell you. The whole point of this is uh, I would encourage all of y'all to move just a little bit, especially if you're in my age group. Because, which is, you know, closer to 60 than 50, because uh, it just rejuvenates your body and feels so good. And I'm not saying you need to work out or lift weights or doing that. I got a buddy of mine who actually tracks his workouts on Facebook. And his workout might be, I mowed the grass today because he got a big yard. And so it's really just about some kind of physical activity. It could be walking the neighborhood. It could be whatever. Your body will appreciate you and thank you. If you are, uh, if you could do that, you'll feel so much better, especially if you can do it consistently. Because even now, my body is breaking down, and I go to the chiropractor, y'all know, on a regular basis, and my stuff be all disjointed, out of whack, and I'm just like, wow, I can't imagine how it'd be if I didn't move around just a little bit. So that's my uh, that's my message to y'all this week. Try to get a little exercise in. It could be walking, it could be running, it could be cutting the grass. Just move a little bit. It could, be going down, fresh it could be going downstairs and get a sandwich. <laughs> is that exercise? Oh, yeah, it if is. You gonna go down and go up and go down and go up a couple times? Yeah, I went back. I went down, got a sandwich, came back up, start the podcast. Hey, that's that, up that's, down. Some, that's that's up down. You know, I take the stairs almost everywhere I go. There you go. Uh, even when I park, man, like if I'm going to a grocery store or something, I park in the back and uh, and walk those extra feet because you can always find a spot in the back. Uh, but I tell my friends, uh, especially because I like to hang out with younger people, uh, and not just because my girlfriend was younger for a long time. Uh, for those of you who are making jokes right now, um, I ain't said nothing. <laughs> <laughs> young people yeah. keep you young. So most of my friends, most of my friends, mm. and I have a, my circle is not that big, are probably between forty and forty-five. Uh, now that may not seem like a lot, but that's 15 years younger than me. So, uh, because they just, I don't know, man, just keep you young. I like to say, ain't no future in being an old man. And I'm talking about that in terms of mentality and body breaking down, not age. Uh, my dad's in great shape. He still work out two or three times a week. And, uh, he says, and I, I try to live this. He says, I have no idea how many years I have. I have no idea how many years I have left. I just want the years that I have and the years that I have left to be as good and as quality as they can be. And I think that's a great approach because I don't get caught up in how old you are. Uh, my dad got another great line. My dad full of great lines. Uh, he says, you are as old as you are wise and as young as you are foolish. Now think about that for a minute. Now, on to something else I saw this morning. <laughs> Why are you laughing, dog? You are young as you are foolish. Yeah. I, I like that. And as old as you are wise. Yeah. 
Because like you could be Martin Luther King it's and be thirty nine years a lot old. Of old dudes being foolish out here, but that's a whole Heck other yeah. subject. Yeah, anyway, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Not for real, but that's why I'm saying, you know, you can be Martin Luther King, be 39 years old. Clearly, you are as old as you are wise. You got the wisdom of somebody much older than 39. The way you changing the world and doing all this stuff. Yeah, you I know, was going the other you, way. But all right. I know, or you can be somebody that's, uh, you know, in their 50s who still ain't got their act together. You acting like you're 20 in terms of your immaturity. So as old as you are wise, as young as you are foolish. Um, dude, I was on Twitter this morning, and I think Justin Tinsley, he's my guy from uh, ESPN, he works for Anscape as well, I think he put out a clip on The Wire, it was about 30 seconds, maybe it was a minute and a half, maybe it was a minute, and he said, man, I forget how good The Wire was, and just because he said that, I decided to look at the clip, dude, when I tell you I got so engrossed in that clip, that I forgot it it didn't I was so into it and it was just a I it was just a it couldn't have been more than a minute and a half that I was just like and I sent you a text I said I think I'm finna watch the rewatch the wire man it was a clip of can you say what the clip was yeah uh I just gotta find it did I send it to you no what was the oh. clip uh let me see. let me see right quick I know I can describe it if I can't find it what was the character the character was uh Okay, now nah, I can't remember. I mean, I know who is Wood Harris play. He plays. Um, uh, See, that's how I'm doing it right now. Golly, he plays Avon. That's, that's, he plays. He okay. plays Avon. Uh, See, now I don't feel so bad because I just like, damn, I can't remember. I know, but I can't remember. That's being so it's old. Avon, and he talking to Weebo, and we, I never Weebay. Weebay. Well, you know what I'm talking about now. He talking to Weebay, oh, and I can't right. remember. I can't remember the name of the dark-skinned guy with the braids who's a, he a soldier in Avon's drug army. Might be Slim Charles. You ain't watched The Wire, man. Quit playing. I said I need to watch it Quit again, playing. didn't you? Quit playing. Slim uh, Ch- might be Slim Charles you talking about. Dark-skinned with braids? Tall guy, yeah. Yeah, it was probably with, him. With it like a voice like that, man. I don't know about that, Avon. You know. Slim Charles, my uh, let me see. I'm on Justin's timeline. Let me see. Oh, here it is. Let me send it to you. Mm-hmm. You got Twitter? Nope. <sighs> Stuff ain't never easy with this dude, man. Yeah. I can live. Right, so, I can live without Twitter. Uh, let me see. Okay, here's what Justin said. I really got to reschedule my rewatch of The Wire. What a scene! And uh, this is episode three. This is season three, episode six. And what it is is Avon is at the is at the spot. And who did you tell me this was? Slim somebody? Probably Slim Charles. Slim Charles walks in with WeeBay. And they say, and basically it's uh Slim Charles going, hey man, I know you told us to pop these two dudes. We only got one of them. Oh, uh that ain't I Wee open Bay. up That's not WeeBay. Who is it then? That's Cuddy. Oh, okay. Who is WeeBay? WeeBay is a soldier too, but Cuddy is okay. the guy who t- who taught boxing. Boxing, did yeah. You, this did is you wa- Did you watch The Wire? Or not? I watched The Wire, man. Okay, you don't sound like it. <laughs> and I'll never hear. It, I'll never hear it that decibel again. But I right, <laughs> You know, man. If we wasn't on the air, there's so many things I would say to you right now. Yeah, uh, you say them to yourself. <laughs> I hear you. So he got Cuddy in here, 
So you already know where I'm going. Yeah. And 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 they explain why they didn't kill both guys and cut the step forward and say, man, it's not I had this me. dude. It's not it, in me no more. Okay, I forgot you used to be a thespian. You go and take it, man. It's yeah. not in me no more, yeah. man. You that do same what you thing is, yeah, yeah. That same thing that's in you to make you yeah. do what you do. It's yeah. not in me no more, man. And uh, at that point, man, you know, it, when you in the game, it could go one or two ways. Like, because he said, okay, we put you on a corner somewhere where you ain't got to do all that. He's like, no, what I'm telling you is, ain't none of it in me no more, man. The game ain't in me no more, man. And such a powerful scene because he know what the deal is. Like, yeah. Avon can either be like, you know what, dog? I respect you. If you want to be out the game, you, you can be out the game. Or he could be like, dog, you're going to do this or you're going to die. Yep. Or he could be like, oh, it's all good, man. And when he leaves, he say, hey, man, go take care of this fool. But, what but the way said, it go I is, yeah. I can't remember now what he said. He man. said... I know what he said at the end. Yeah. Go ahead, man. You the thespian. He said he was a man in his day. And it was the same yeah. Charles said he was a man back in the day. Right. And, and, and Avon said, he a man today. And then he turned around and said, he a man. And, dog, that scene was so powerful, man. So good. It made me remember why I loved The Wire, man. Even though Joe said, well, how come you can't remember none of the characters and none of the lines? Because I was not a damn thespian. That's why. But uh, I love The Wire, man. And this scene right here, you know why I love The Wire? It was the second show I watched. And this is the way I am about watching shows. I like dramas. I don't like, I don't really like comedies, which is why all my friends just talk so bad about me because I hadn't seen Friday and Life and all this stuff. Because typically I don't really like comedies. I like action and I like dramas. I really like dramas. But what I love, and The Wire did it, and The Shield, which I think you introduced me to The Shield. Nope. Who introduced me to The Shield? I don't know. It wasn't me. I've never seen it. you never seen The Shield? No. Really? I could have sworn that was you. I wonder who that was. must have been my other best friend. Mm-hmm. You got about <laughs> five of them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, what I love about these shows, well, as it relates to The Wire... I mean, you should have seen the wire already. The wire, when they is, killed, the wire is when, gritty, man. It's, it's, when they killed your boy at the end of the first season, I was like, "What? How can they kill him?" Really? And, really? And what? Well, I'm sorry, man. But what happens is when they kill, when you watch a show, and the show will kill anybody, mm-hmm. it makes the show better because normally. When Batman is over that hot oil and the Joker has left, you know Batman getting out. It's just a matter of how he getting out. Yeah, HBO, HBO does that. Yeah, when they will kill anybody, including who you think is the star, Yeah, you like, whoa! It's like uh, Ned Stark on the Game of Thrones. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. And, you, and it just opens up for everything because now everything matters because you just can't assume... Oh, he in the tough jam. I wonder how he get out of this. You like, man, he in the tough jam. Oh, I, I sure hope he get out of this. This is one of my favorite characters. I, I, hope, I hope he get out of it. Uh, so, no, nah, that's why it's, uh, it's, uh, that's why I enjoyed it so much. Matter of fact, I don't know. And you might have turned me on to this, so I don't know. I apologize. Did you read the book by Jonathan Abrams on The Wire? No. You should read it because you like The Wire. 
It's an oral history of the wire. It's fantastic. Matter of fact, it's so good I could probably go back and listen to it again. because uh, I read it several, several years ago. But it's it's fantastic. It's an oral history of the wire. But it's great. In case you're into that sort of thing. <laughs> anyway, that's a uh, that's this week's trip around the block. I hope you guys enjoyed that. A little workout, a little wire. And I, I really am going to start uh, I have to figure out uh, which platform is on these days and then I'm going back and I'm going to start rewatching The Wire man now, even going to suffer through season 2 which was not my favorite season but which everybody says oh you need to watch that because it really explains all this other stuff oh you did talking you about the, the guys on the docks and all of that the guys on the docks did you did you find that to be the case uh, it was it was it was a, it was a grind but it was rewarding you know through the end, it was kind of a grind. Yeah, it was. It was not my favorite part of the show, but right. uh, yeah, it tied it all together. Cause you kind of wonder where the hell they're going with this, and then it kind of gets back to the streets. So yeah, it's all right. right. It mm-hmm. wasn't my best part. It wasn't the best part, but it was all right. <laughs> all right, I feel you. Uh, let's get it. We talked a little bit to Tony, uh, to Todd Archer about this, but uh, I'm gonna run this past you, man. I went. To the JJT research department somewhere I haven't been lately but this this called for it because why I'm really curious about this Tony Pollard thing and so because I really thought Tony Pollard was a difference maker uh, I'm, I mean like I never thought he was a great back but I thought this is what I thought in the NFL where you don't see a lot of long runs for a dude to make as many consistently long runs as he did, that's impressive. Um, I don't have the data, but I bet you there's not another running back. Well, I looked up the data last year, and the data last year was Tony Pollard averaged 33 yards a touchdown. That's insane, man, for a guy who scored double-digit touchdowns. Uh, the next closest for a running back was like 15 yards. Uh, even the receivers, he had more. He averaged more touchdowns, yards per touchdown than the receivers. Uh, only one close, I think, was Devontae Adams. So he's a he was clearly a difference maker. And so, even if you look at him last year, last year he had runs of 20, 21, 22, 25, 28, 30, 46, 54, and fifty-seven. He had. Uh, 31 runs of 10 yards or more. He had 12 catches of 10 yards or more. He had catches of 68 and 30. That's a lot. That's 33 plays of 10 yards or more. That's 11 plays of 20 yards or more. That's a difference maker in the NFL. That's a game changer. Because you score most of the time, and you ain't got to take my word for it. Just look. You can use the Cowboys as your guide if you want to. When they have a drive with a big play in it, 20 yards or more, they score the vast majority of those drives, 70, 80% they score. That's why big plays matter, because it's hard to drive the length of the field against teams, either because you commit a turnover or you have a penalty or they, they stop you because somebody made a mistake. So it's hard to drive. So you need those big plays to make it easy to score. Well, this year we're halfway through the season, and he's got his three longest runs are 23, 25, 31. Dog. Tony Pollard, the game breaker, has not had a 20-yard run in five weeks. 
Um, he's got 11 plays of 10 yards or more. That's not a lot for the amount of touches he's had. What do you think the issue is? Tony Pollard has never been what they call a bell cow. I, never. I, I, I did some research myself. What? Man, if you don't stop hollering in my damn ear, <laughs> I'm, about to, I'm about to crank your shit down real quick. Anyway, uh, uh, Tony Pollard at, at uh, Memphis at Memphis, his highest carry total was uh, 78, 78 carries. Right, right. Okay, so he never carried the ball a lot in high school. He never carried the ball a lot in college. Uh, he's never carried the ball over 200 times in the NFL. He didn't hit 190-something two or three times, but it's just where he's he's a he's a tandem guy. He's not the workhorse guy. And that's, you know, it is what it is. Kind of like Felix Jones was. He better than Felix Jones, but it's kind of like that where he's not he not he can he's not necessarily the feature guy. And him being a tandem guy is what makes him more explosive. You know, that's what I think when he split the carries. I mean, they using him like that right now. What did he have? 14, 12. The last few games he, yeah. he ain't really he ain't, he haven't got like 20 carries in a while. And we wondered about that when he had the games early on, 20 for 72 and all of that. Evidently, that's taking a toll right. on him. So, you know, he's right. he the switch-up guy. That's what makes him explosive. That's what I think. Well, he's already up to, he's already up to 120 carries. Right. Uh, his career high was 193 last year. Before yeah. that, career high 130. He averaged so, five yards off know. of that, though. He averaged five yards off to 193 for 1,000. Thousand yards. Tony, so, uh, he explosive. Tony Pollard's first five. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You right? Go ahead. Uh, Tony Pollard's first five years, man. Five point three, four point three, five point five, five point two. He just now got to four point oh. He's been at under four for most of this season. Um, so I saw a little bit of explosion the other day, but. Uh, you know, when you go into a season and you think you got Pollard, you got Lamb, you're thinking, okay, we got two big-time playmakers. We can build around that. That's where I think the problem is. Like, CeeDee Lamb is now making plays, making 20-yard gains. He's doing that. They haven't figured out a way to get that from Pollard, which means they having to work too hard to score. And, and especially on this particular team, if you got to take all those plays to score, what happens? Sack, penalty. Yeah. You know, tackle for loss. Now your drive is screwed. That's what we was talking you about. End up with a f- well, that's what we were talking about the other night. How to, how 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 Philadelphia sat back in too deep, and it's just hard. Yeah. it's hard to get your passing game going if them guys don't take no chances. They don't have to do nothing against the running game, and don't nobody believe right. them on play action. You know, nobody <laughs> believe that. Anybody buying that? You know, you, your running game ain't no good. Who you who who you trying to fool with play action? Don't nobody move. When the Cowboys run play action, they stay in coverage. So that's just what's happening. Don't nobody move. Yep. When the Cowboys go to play action. Um, To me, this is one of the most telling things. Uh, Okay. Tony Pollard in his career, 16 touchdowns of 10 yards or more, 11 touchdowns of 20 yards or more. 10 touchdowns of 30 yards or more in his career. He only got nine touchdowns of less than 10 yards. 
He's a and he got twenty five touchdowns. He's a big play touchdown maker. He got two touchdowns this year, dog. He's one not. from one yard, one from two yards. Yeah, we definitely know he's not necessarily a goal line guy. But uh, no, my point is they have to figure out a way for them to reach their their maximum ability on offense. They have got to figure out a way to uh, to turn him loose, and if they don't. I just think there's a limit to what they can do this year because they ain't got enough playmakers on offense. Yeah, it's a difference. It's, 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 it's like Ty was saying. The, the, the way they run the ball and all that stuff is a lot different. I think Ty was trying to say he he likes to see more stretch plays. As you know, we haven't seen yeah. nothing like we haven't seen nothing like that. And uh, yeah, uh, now I'm not that type of. Did they do a lot of those last year? Not really, but the, but the offense was so different. Uh, with Tony, it was a lot of that. It was a lot of misdirection, a lot of stuff where they got him. Right. They got him in space real quick in the running game, and that just allowed him to shake some people and get going. You know, it was just right, it, right, it right. just was different. It's different this year. And then what's funny is we just kind of got a history lesson on Mike McCarthy. And you think about it, he was dogging Kellen for not running when he didn't run like that in Green Bay. The the guys that went, we went down the line: Eddie Lacy, Montgomery. Uh, John Starks, them guys wasn't no killers in the running game. So, while right. McCarthy talking about balance, he never really been about balance like that. You know, so we'll see. I mean, he say he want to run, but I think that's what's killing uh, Brandon Cooks is that ain't nobody, you know, he, he not getting one-on-one. And they taking they taking them, they, they not letting him get over the top. And that, that's all tied to the running game. If you make them come up, you can go over the top. It's pretty simple. Right. Well, they got uh, they got some opponents over the next four weeks where they should be able to get some things going. They should be able to try to see if they can get some things going in terms of approach and in terms of execution because they will probably be close to double digits. They'd definitely be double digits over the Giants. I think they're 16-point favorites. Definitely be double digits over Carolina. Um, you know, and then we'll see Washington probably the I would say Washington they would not be double digit uh favorites. Yeah, we're gonna then, find out uh, a lot. At the head level. We're gonna find out a lot about them cause when they when they get you know, when you when you are double digit favorites, you can do like you did against the Cardinals and let down, or you can go on and beat the crap out of somebody. You know, that's what you're gonna find out the fabric of this team, whether they're gonna have that letdown stuff, you know, that old BS where they Oh, we supposed to win this. We ain't worried. I'd like to see them guys have some fight the whole time. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't think that's an issue. And I, I have not done the research behind this, but I don't think that's an issue at the crib because they have so they they will blow you out in a hurry at home um, at the crib. Um, in the so past, they they've lost. Well, this 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 team right now. As as uh, as of right now, this team right here, um, they probably like that because what they won eleven in a row at home. Yeah, because in the past they've given up, they've given everything up. You know, remember the Denver game where Denver came in and just ran over them at home. I think the Raiders beat them at home, but that was probably two years ago that I'm thinking about. But you're right, they beat they beat your ass at home. So hopefully they they keep they keep the the pedal to the metal. And we don't, you know, we can get to the end of this thing and get Philadelphia again because I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> we 
which I don't I don't think Jalen gonna be around the next game. I don't. You don't? No, if they eight and one right now, and they even have a chance of winning out, they liable to do what they did last year, sit them out. It's a reason him and Dak only played each other twice. Either Dak was hurt or he was hurt. So you right. know he well, he, no. he limping around now. I think that's why they didn't do the touch the 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 brotherly shove or the touch push. Remember they had a fourth down and they kicked it. I think that yeah. boy getting beat up with that touch push stuff. We talked about that. I mean, he ain't gonna say that. Jalen ain't gonna never say that. I mean, he plays everything down, but he's well, like, oh, it's not because I'm running. I get hurt in the pocket. Yeah, they running you too much. You're doing too much. It's the reason Patrick Mahomes yeah. don't do don't do. Uh, uh, quarterback sneaks no more. You know, remember he twisted his kneecap. Yeah. He messed his kneecap up doing that stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we uh, we appreciate you uh, listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review the Jatop Podcast. Uh, always presented by Greening Law. Uh, until we chat again, you guys be blessed.